0: It's time for The Plank Show with Josh Helmer and Sooner Sideline reporter Chris Plank.
1: Now, here we go. Here we go on a Friday edition of The Plank Show. And we are coming to you live and coming in hot from Riverwind Casino off Highway 9. I 35 and Highway 9. Good morning, Josh Helmer. How are you, man? Good morning. We made it. Here we go. Made it. Welcome to the Arctic Blitz. How did you prepare last night, Josh, for the weather that we'll be getting over the next four to five days?
0: Uh, we have, we've been in the drip the faucets mode. So gotcha. Good, good. We, uh, we are weather aware.
1: Good. I uh, put a little insulation around the fencing in the chicken coop. Added a little bit more uh, straw and some hay bales to the pot-bellied pig's pen. Hunted down my winter jacket. And then had that realization of just how sad I am, Josh, that the greatest jacket I ever owned, my OU black winter jacket, either A, is the property of some security worker with the BYU University Cougars, or accidentally ended up in I don't know someone else's hands.
0: Yep, it's in it's in an opponent's locker. Not good. I'm so probably sorry. like
1: some sort of some. They might have. It was such a good coat, Josh. It was such a good coat. It wouldn't surprise me at all if someone from BYU found it and tried to like take the stitching OU out of it so they could wear it that's how good it is so that's how my uh that's how my winery fun started but we're at Riverwind, which is a good place to escape the the cold spend a few hours we are located here right in front of what is this chips and ales so come on by and uh, say hi and make yourself some money i got the green machine right in front of me josh and uh, like the fortune teller. Don't know much about either one of them, except it looks like one of them just paid out $81.25.
0: Big money, big money.
1: All right, we got a lot to get to. We got a lot to get to. All right, I want to I wanna hit a couple of the big stories, and then I want to spend our next segment going all in on Nick Saban, and maybe more specifically his replacement. And there was something – got to write this down so I don't forget it. There was something that Ryan Fowler said yesterday that really – it stayed with me a lot. And it wasn't – I know a lot of you, uh, most of you were kind of – maybe the moment it stuck out from Ryan's interview was him talking about why Dabo wouldn't be considered a major candidate. And, you know, I I guess it's kind of wild to think, Josh, three years ago – Dabo Sweeney, I mean, this probably would have already been done, right? Dabo Sweeney would be the head coach at Alabama, and they would just move on. But you know, three years removed, um, not the same level of success. Once Coach Venable's came here to Norman, and, and let's face it, they played in the Cheese Bowl his final year, but they were really good defensively. What was the final score of the Georgia game that year? Was it wasn't it like it was the opening game of the season? Was Clemson Georgia? And I want to say it was like seven to three, maybe it was ten to three, and the only touchdown was a pick six by Georgia. But it, it hasn't really been the same at Clemson. And uh, but what else? It, was, it wasn't about that. It was about the passion of college football fans. And you know what? Let, let's just start here because it ties in. Did you hear the fly to Wear stories? Were you following any of this yesterday? No. Okay. So I, I don't know. We have pilots that listen to this show, I know, so someone might want to help educate me or, as as I like to say in NASCAR terms, learn me up, because I would consider, like, a flight-aware flight plan, flight document, to be a fairly legal. Like I'm sure there's laws involved in it. I'm sure the FAA is in some way, in, I mean, right, it has to be, but... Fans were tracking, right? We know how to track private jets. Fans were tracking FlightAware flights that on this plan. And so my point, I don't know if somebody made this up and put it on there or what, but there were flights scheduled into Tuscaloosa, Josh, yesterday from Seattle and from Eugene, Oregon, among other places. So everyone's like, oh, my gosh, what is going on? And I guess the flight that was coming in out of eugene if you tracked the tail number it was actually kid rock's plane (laughs) so and and the other plane i guess its tail number was actually a plane that had like crashed everyone was was, survived but it's like my, my point there's so much passion and there's so much misinformation are they allowed to just get on here and mess with fans? It's like, oh, I'll show you. And I guess the funny thing about the Kid Rock plane is on his, they don't call it a tail fin, right, whatever. on the Like on the little thing on the tail of the plane, it's a middle finger. So if you zoom in on it, it's basically they're flipping you off. So I, I, I know we all lose our minds during coaching searches. Trust me, I, I've. I think Parker can attest to it. I think those of us who tried to live in a report on the Britt Venables uh, coaching search whenever they, Joe C decided on on BV and and some of the different people that, you know, you allegedly talked to, it can become a frustrating practice. But then in the same vein for fans, it becomes even more enraging because I feel like, Josh, you want it now, 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 right? It's like, I, I need to know what's going on. I pay for your website. What are you? Why are you not finding out who this is? I listen to your show. Why are you not finding out who this is? Now, 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 I want to know who it is, right? And so now you have FlightAware, who I think is just messing with people. I don't even know if they can do that. But Ryan said yesterday, and this really resonated with me. He talked about his whole life has been Alabama. He grew up in Tuscaloosa. He's an Alabama football fan, right? He he covers the team. And he's passionate about the team, but he does it from a perspective where, you know, I think their station is called Tide Radio, right? So there's not only the passion where you want your team to win, but there is like that financial part of it, too, where it's like, hey, this is kind of my life. And it was the the first time where you kind of, I I think for me, where I realized Bama's not going to be Bama. And that wasn't – it's not a knock on anything that, that Ryan said. It magnified to me that passion and how much it matters to us. And then in hearing him talk about it, you know, I've thought about this. I don't know why this story – it's Nick Saban retiring, Josh. It's a major story. Mm-hmm. So for it, it's it's, it's caused me to think about a lot of things, right? Going back to when Bob retired, Coach Stoops whenever he retired, thinking about people who have walked away from the game recently. Those, those all affect you, right? And obviously – Bob Stoops retiring was much more well, it was much more I guess you could say relevant to us than Nick Saban but knowing that Oklahoma's going into the SEC and knowing what Alabama has been there's this part of me that's like they're, they're still going to be good right and if they hit a home run on the hire maybe they don't skip a beat but you know it's not easy to maintain that level of excellence Nick Saban might be the greatest hire in the history of college football, and maybe even the most relevant hire. I, I think Bob Stoops is right up there with what he did at Oklahoma, right? I think I think you're talking about guys that took over programs that weren't in a great spot. Coach Stoops is right up there with him. And Nick Saban's got a few more national titles, right? Dude, this is not just the end of uh oh, Nick Saban is the coach. This might be the end of the big, bad bully for a while, right? Now, am I
0: getting a little over my skis on this or no? The possibility exists because Nick Saban is out. Uh, Depending on who they hire and how things go, sure, could they remain a semblance or just the Bama that we've known? Yeah, it's a possibility uh, on the table. But, again, as I told you yesterday, where we exist – today and until proven otherwise, right. Alabama's not as good as Alabama has been. So everybody everybody has a chance to climb that SEC pecking order, and, and we'll see. if I mean, if things go poorly to begin with, well, uh, now all of a sudden does Alabama not recruit quite as well as they have? Do, do guys transfer out? I mean, the, the possibilities of, yes, Alabama not being what Alabama has been. True. It exists now. It's at least a possibility. We couldn't even really consider that. It was like a joke when a Paul Feinbaum would even suggest, oh, the, the, the Alabama's done. It's like, okay, here we go yeah. again. It's a reality.
1: Craig Burns said that they hope to have a coach hired within 72 hours. Could happen during this show today. We do know this. If it's if it's somebody that the fans don't want, they'll probably announce it, what, at about 5 o'clock on a Friday? <laughs> Get ready today, Tyler McComas. More on that coming up in a bit. Speaking of college football, I'm fired up about the Florida State penalties. Because, you know, when I'm trying to think of like the, I had a lot of different ways I was going to describe this in my head whenever I was driving into Riverwind this morning. And every single way I described it, I thought, wow, that's probably going to get you canceled. Probably don't want to compare those types of things and arrests and crimes. It's just calm. But if you missed the story on Florida State, let me give you the nuts and bolts of it. Basically, the NCAA is watching a rapid wildfire burn all over college football. And they're going to penalize Florida State for having a candle that's burning. It's without a doubt, and I'm not here to support Florida State, Josh, but Florida State football was handed two years probation and is being forced to disassociate with its NIL collective for one season for violating rules on using NIL as a recruiting inducement. Let me rephrase that. Let me repeat that two-year probation and a disassociation from its collective. You might hear that and go, let's go. Finally, something is being done. Finally, somebody is standing up. Do you know what Florida State did, Josh? I'm reading as we speak. A Florida State assistant drove a student athlete to an NIL event. Now, I don't know about you, Josh. I, I don't know if the internet doesn't work in NCAA headquarters. And and I don't know if maybe I should be a little bit more positive about this. But you got guys in the portal who are in bidding wars. You have high school guys coming out who are demanding a certain amount of money to even visit. You have... Players who are being induced into the portal by offers from either collectives or people working as their agents. But a coach gave a kid a ride to an NIL event, and and that's how how we're going to fix this right now? We'll show you. We'll show you. You know the Georgia defensive tackle that went to Ole Miss? You know what the rumor is that he wanted – the rumor is he wanted a million dollars, but he didn't want like a million. He wanted a million dollars. He wanted a bag. like I don't want to say untraceable bills, but he didn't want to have to worry about taxes. Like, I want a million dollars. And he signed with Ole Miss, so I don't know if it happened or not. But, see, those are the stories that I I guess you're just like, oh, pfft, that's fine. But, listen, this guy gave this kid a ride to an NIL event. I mean, maybe this is where it starts, but. That seems to me to not really be working on the problem here, right? It's like, oh, maybe Florida State was just, I don't know, short-sighted enough to self-report this. And maybe to a certain extent the NCAA was like, all right, Florida State, you want to grinch and moan about the way things went, even though we're not involved with the playoffs? We'll show you. I mean, doesn't that seem to be like really focusing on a very small minor issue when there's a much Larger problem here with college football.
0: I don't see how you can announce this without a series of programs that you're punishing. I mean, this should have been part of like an attack on NIL collectives, not just Florida State. You should have had uh, basically every Power Five program you could have come down on with this. So I, I don't get, yeah, why they're being singled out. Yeah, me neither. I don't either. Well, not only that they're being singled out but that it's
1: so minor. I mean, Josh, I, I don't I, I'm looking through this, right? I've lo- I've read this story a couple of different times and there's nothing in this story about um about how they gave a certain amount of money or this or that or whatever.
0: Well, just that at the meeting the booster offered the prospect $15,000 per month. Right. So there's and your I- inducement.
1: Right. But again, all you did was give a ride. And that's, that's the thing that they're focusing on here. Not that there was uh, $15,000, sorry, that encouraged him to sign with Florida State, but it was, oh, yeah, 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 listen, listen, listen. The problem here is that the coach and the school was involved in making that happen. Now, am I to believe, Josh, that no other school is working in conjunction with their collective for recruiting offers of like this? Of course
0: not. And that's why this is so <laughs> ridiculous. Why single them out? Again, the NCAA, and this is their
1: offensive coordinator, by the way, which is also curious in this because if Mike Norvell takes the Alabama job, then Alex Atkins is the guy who many consider to be next at Florida State. But he drove a prospect to a meeting with the head of the program's NIL collective.
0: Yeah, he in did. What- he did something that probably every other every... coach in America is doing.
1: Oh, sorry, Florida State. You're the ones that got caught. Who knows? Maybe it's the start of the dominoes, Josh. Maybe
0: it's the start of the dominoes. I don't know. But the crackdown on uh, sports betting uh, sure hit a screeching halt. Boy, did it not?
1: That thing just disappeared. So either everybody magically started following the rules or or somebody said, hey, dude, this check that we get from FanDuel is the, like the official gambling sponsor of whatever. They're pretty big. You might want to chill out on this right now. <laughs> oh, 405-651-3439, kenipo Chevrolet text line. The other thing I want to hit real quick before we grab our first time out, uh, Casey Thompson is a Sooner. Who was it on the, on the text? Was it Mrs. Loves that was all over that on the text line? Was it Miss B.? boy, you guys had this thing figured out. You guys had this thing drilled down. I was kind of shocked by the reaction. Kind of shows me that there are a lot of casuals out there. Is not just college football fans, but as Sooner fans. You know, Oklahoma has a really good succession plan at quarterback, I think, Josh. We'll see how these guys develop. But from Jackson Arnold to Michael Hawkins to Kevin Sperry, right now you feel like, oh, okay, um, for the, you know, can – hoping these guys put themselves in position to where they can leave early you feel like man for like the next 6 years you feel pretty good about this quarterback room but you also you can't have enough experience and i think we all agree that i was it was it parker who texted it tweeted it last night a lot of people quickly forget 490 a lot of people quickly forget 49 zip and you guys can talk about offensive coordinator malpractice in that game all you want, but you want to at least have somebody that you have a little bit of confidence in. And to me, bringing Casey Thompson in, Josh, you're not bringing in him in to start. You're not bringing him in to be your number one. He's there to be a good veteran presence that I think we all saw will be very good for Jackson Arnold going forward. We hope.
0: If, uh, if I remove the idea that your backup quarterback is this five-star, he can go win you a national championship, right? Because that's probably – that's unrealistic in most mm-hmm. situations, right? What mm-hmm. are you looking for out of a backup quarterback?
1: A guy that can just run the offense. Go win but me a game, right? Win you a game when they called upon.
0: If, uh, you know, if called upon with your backup quarterback, you feel like, okay, best-case scenario, if we're turning to the backup quarterback, it's because – We've got uh, our starting quarterback dinged up for a week, maybe two weeks, right? And mm-hmm. so in Casey Thompson, you found somebody that, you know, you're not going to depend on to go win you a national championship over the course of a season, but he can go win you a game, sure. Yeah, why not? Why not?
1: Just and, – and it also – you know, let's have, a, let's have an NIL conversation when we come back. You, you, you good on that? Because I've noticed – A lot of frustration and dare I even say the term consternation. Use a big word here on a Friday morning from a certain faction of the Sooner fan base about where NIL is. It also doesn't help whenever the host of the TV coaches show is openly mocking it on social media, too. (laughs) But uh, I just want to kind of feel y'all out on this. I just want to kind of share a few things I know. And I think part of it is, you know, if Ole Miss goes out and wins a national championship this year or suddenly Miami's in the 12-team playoff and winning games, then maybe, Josh, we have a whole new way that we're looking at the portal and how you spend. But when we come back, I did want to dive into a little bit about some of the frustration that seems to be permeating from what's happening in our 24-7 news cycle involving the transfer portal and OU's NIL. Does that sound good to you? I, I love we waited, it. We waited. we waited. We didn't do it yesterday because of all the saving stuff. But let's dive into it next. We're at Riverwind, riverwindcasino.com, Talking NIL next, right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. There is, uh, I guess, you could say, a little bit, a little bit of action on the on the OU or on the Alabama coaching search. Um. Because this morning, and I saw this from our buddy Ryan C. Fowler on Twitter. Uh, I, I guess Kalen DeBoer did not make his weekly appearance on his radio show. You don't say. Hmm. Interesting. But uh, here, here was the tweet from 93.3KJR. I think that's my guy, Softy Mahler, up there. Uh, we are discussing the latest on Coach DeBoer. As we mentioned, Coach was unavailable this morning because he is reportedly in a meeting with Washington Athletic Director Tony Dannon. in person. We hope a deal can be reached soon. So maybe a little bit more context than just, hey, Coach DeBoer missed the show. Because originally Ryan had retweeted it and said, uh, Coach DeBoer cancels his appearance on Seattle Sports Talk Radio. was originally scheduled for 8 a.m. this morning, but then they got the follow-up because, as you might imagine, that went like crazy viral, and that's whenever they said, huh, looks like he is in a meeting with the AD. So to me, Josh, it's a Mike Gundy. It's a Mike Gundy. Good call. Good call. But it seems like there might be a little bit more smoke here with DeBoer, don't you think?
0: If he's canceling uh, the weekly radio appearance and he's talking with the athletic director, yeah. Right. I mean, there's at yeah. least there's a form of leverage going on or he's seriously considering Alabama or he's telling them he's leaving. You, you know, I mean, one of those. I want to read this
1: text to dive into kind of how the, the feeling is on Oklahoma's NIL plan, and I want to—I uh, want to be as as transparent as I can be. I—I I haven't really dove in to truly understand the most recent shifts, and by that I mean where it's pay for play. <laughs> I mean, let's just call it what it is. This isn't NIL anymore. It's pay-for-play. You don't give a left guard 700000 dollars to be a spokesperson for this, 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 and this. You give him that to go play left guard or right guard or left tackle or right tackle on Saturdays, right? I mean, we, we all agree on that. I think that you might hear a commercial. right? I think, who do we have? We have a... We have a couple commercials. I know Dylan did one, Drake did one for a while. Those are those are what I always kind of thought nil would be, and, and you know, couple maybe hundred thousand dollars here or there. I'm te- you're not making hundred thousand dollars off voice in a commercial, but as being a representative of that brand, then okay, you could be pushing towards that number. But if you're getting three hundred grand, four hundred grand, Josh is pay for play, sure, right? Because. Your 24-7, 365 life, if you made that kind of money as NIL, would be supporting that brand.
0: And and let's call it what it is. Generally speaking, endorsements are not available for the left tackle, left guard, the center, the right guard, the right tackle. Typically, that's your glamour position, your running back, your wide receivers, quarterback, obviously. I mean, guys that uh, are in the spotlight making plays with the football those those are the folks that generally are right endorsing products because they get the most attention and right. so uh, yes there's there's pay for play going on obviously. it is it,
1: it, it absolutely is so we need to are there certain aspects of it that are nil you bet right using but most of what's going on especially in college football is pay for play and i don't know by the way Is it my? Is it just me, or is the machine's like louder than ever today in here? Is this just me? Okay, all right, good. But
0: yes, it it is. It is loud. It's we're rocking
1: in here today. I love it. Um, because this text came in, and I don't think that it could more perfectly, Josh, lay out the overall fan frustration with how they view what's going on with NIL. And it comes from Tennessee, the six one five. Our NIL approach is broken one way or the other. Either we don't have the money, our BV is essentially blocking collectives and BMDs. Big money donors. Thank you. From spending what it would take for the Herds and the Fergusons. If it's the former, ouch. That's a hard pill to swallow. And I'm not sure how you fix it without these kids being employees. Then the school could help by, if necessary, paying coaches less, not spending as much on upgrades to facilities and stadium, et cetera. If it's the latter, B.V. better produce serious natty runs with the tier two kids or he will be gone soon. Man, I just, I could not disagree with that more. But that's what I hear, right? Now, I'm not trying to tell you that, OU has nil figured out, come pay for play, whatever. And I don't know if the old Miss way is the right way. You know, I brought this up yesterday, Josh. Everybody wants to always sign the big money free agents in the NFL, right? Always. It's like oh. Oh. I heard, I heard Jadavian um, Clowney is available. Cleo Mack, we got to go get them. We got to spend whatever it takes to get them. What's wrong? We're not spending money in free agency right, very rarely is that the path towards a championship, very rarely. And I think there's, in this, the three questions that I hear the most are, well, does Oklahoma not have the money? And I think I even, I thought, I don't remember if I was listening to, to George, it was probably George Stoya. He said it's either they don't have the money, they don't want to spend the money, or people don't realize they need to pay more. It potentially could be one of those three. And I'm going to tell you right now, one's not an issue. It's not an issue of not having the money. But here's my here's my question to, like, the 615 and to those of you that are mad that we perceive Oklahoma losing a few bidding wars. Now, and I think we should be very clear. They've won some. Walter Rouse was a big win for Oklahoma, Josh, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you you go back to last year. He was on his way to Nebraska, and the sales pitch of Brent Venables and what OU was able to put together drew him to Oklahoma. Right, so I I know we folk and have heard in Ferguson even made their announcement yet.
0: Uh, I don't think so.
1: Yeah, I mean, so calm, calm down a little bit. Um, would you rather see the investment made to keep Billy Bowman? Danny Stutzman, I know how some of you feel about Woody Washington, but to to uh, Jackson Arnold, if he when he has success, Peyton Bowen, would you rather see those rewarded who have performed for you, or would you rather see him break the bank to go get a couple of guys that are very transactional? Whenever it comes to this, that's, and I think, listen, I'm not saying. That one way is right or wrong, all right? Okay, so Ferguson did announce to Florida State. Well, that's not a good idea because they're already in NIL trouble. <laughs> kidding. Kenny, calm down. Um, I, I kind of – I'm not, like, freaking out over this like some people are. I don't think you're falling behind in the game. Dylan Gabriel didn't go to Oregon because – they paid him more money. Dylan Gabriel went to Oregon because the opportunity here at Oklahoma is now Jackson-Arnolds, right? And to me, if Brent Venables or Bill Beanbow or Brandon Hall, if they say, hey, this is a guy we need, and here's what they're looking at money-wise – I think we need to match it. I think Oklahoma would go out and do what it takes to get him, but I also don't think they're going to break the bank at the expense of creating a schism in the locker room because I'm sure guys talk. I, I think they do want it to be relational and not transactional. And I, is that the right way? We're going to find out. But I don't think you're going to see Oklahoma – on a consistent basis, just throwing money at dudes in the portal, unless, like the guy from uh, the six one five said. But again, I'm. I, your your take seems to be pretty consistent with how fans are feeling right now in the portal. Oh, we're so far behind. We've got to spend more money. We got to do this. I, I don't. I don't know if if donors came. To Brent Venables, and said, You got $18 million to spend in the portal, like they allegedly did with Ole Miss. I don't even know, Josh, if he would. Yeah, good point for the 918. Oklahoma matched Caden Green's offer, and in fact, went above it with what Missouri gave him. I mean, it, we kind of pick and choose the stories, right? That make us either feel like things are the bottoms falling out or the things are, you know, sunny skies. We we kind of pick and choose. So I don't I don't think that there is proof that teams out buying m- multiple players is going to lead to a championship. But I I can understand the concern about losing guys that you feel like would typically be at Oklahoma unless a bag was dropped if you will right
0: yeah it's uh it's just something where you'd like to genuinely know Oklahoma's Nil mm-hmm. approach I think we can I think we can guesstimate in some ways sort of what their approach is but right then in other instances, Oklahoma's trying to play the game, as we pointed out. Yep. They, they matched and tried to exceed with Caden Green and lost out there. But I think it's been kind of clear that uh, Oklahoma's not going to get into and engage with every single bidding war. They'll make what probably they feel is a fair offer. And uh, if they get outbid, then they get outbid. And they go on and they're going to try and make it through uh, the high school ranks and uh, select transfer portal additions here and there. And let's see how the rest of this plays out. If they land Hurd, but they didn't get Ferguson, then, I mean, won't that cool some of this temperature?
1: Sure. Sure. I mean, if, if Zalens Hurd ends up committing to Oklahoma, then all of a sudden was like, oh, 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 okay. But, again, and, and I don't even know some of these guys – you're like, we got to go get him. I don't even think you, you watched him. I don't think you have any idea what kind of offensive linemen they actually are. You look at either a height and a weight, and you see where they went to school or what their recruiting ranking, you're like, well, he's obviously got to be good, right? Maybe OU dug a little bit deeper on the tape, and they're like, yeah. I don't know about that. So I'm not here to tell you. That you don't have a right to freak out and panic. That's fine. That's your, what's the best way to put it? Prerogative, as Bobby Brown would say. But I also, I, I also think some of it is misguided. I think a lot of it is Oklahoma's not, not going to spend. It's just the reality. They're going to spend. They're going to get guys. But I also think they're going to reward those who have been around. They don't want. Even though it's the reality, and and at some point, Josh, the NCAA or whatever entity that's going to control college football will hopefully do something to try to get the toothpaste back in the tube, right? And at that point, then maybe some of this becomes a little bit moot. Mute, moot. But I just wanted to kind of have a a little conversation, let you guys get your frustrations, and your disappointments out. I know there's nothing I'm going to say. That's going to make anyone feel better.
0: Well, not if they keep losing these transfer right, battles. right, right,
1: right, and those that are deemed very important, high profile, the lines sure. of scrimmage one, right, the high profile ones. But for the most part, I mean, I think this all just also goes back to losing Caden Green to Missouri, right? I think that's what this well, all goes back to. It,
0: it's all of it, sure. Yeah, that's the probably the root of it lately, right? But then, then you mix in another high-profile, uh, perceived high-profile guy along the line of scrimmage, and you lose there. And if you lose her, then, yeah, it's going to have people feeling some kind of way, especially when the reports are that name, image, likeness, right, is, is a factor in the, the decision-making. Yeah. I, I, I could, that was a really
1: good text to kind of, I think, encapsulate a lot of how Sooner fans are feeling when they get outbid. It's just, oh, there we go. We just, we suck. We're terrible. We just lost an offensive lineman that got outbid uh, by Florida State, if you will. And I, I do also like that. No one ever chooses somewhere else because they like the feel or the vibe anymore. It's just they paid him more money. <laughs> it's like, wow, he didn't. He, he must have been given the back. Well, maybe he really liked it there. Maybe they, there was more to Maybe he liked the coach. You're not going to get every guy you want. All right, quick break. Uh, a little bit longer there. I'm sorry. Let's get caught up. We're live from Riverwind. It's the Plank Show on the route. I do think that, uh, just to, to kind of catch up here, I do think that the NCAA for as ridiculous as some of the decisions they've made I do think there's like, okay, okay, we've heard enough. We've heard enough. Um, The NCAA took a step forward in their reform proposal. The board of directors yesterday formally tasked what is called the D1 Council with working on specific recommendations related to the plan. It was announced at the NCAA's annual convention in Phoenix and i don't again i'm not going to truly understand like what's next the step by step process for the ncaa but charlie baker the new president has said he wants to fast track the legislation involving nil and put that activity under the umbrella of the schools which would then I, I don't know how that would affect the third party and the donor funding collectives but i mean maybe they would go away The legislation would also enable schools to enter into NIL deals with athletes. Um, Now, again, Josh, if there's one thing we know about the NCAA, they don't move fast on anything, but it seems like they're moving very quickly on this, and it kind of reflects the urgency that has been shown with many that feel like college football is reaching a point where it could go beyond repair with the type of money that's being thrown out there in the open market.
0: And that's a reasonable direction for this to end up, right? I mean, that's one step closer to where I think you're going to get some kind of a revenue share down the road, whatever timeline that looks like. But if that's the direction and the proposal that the NCAA has, I don't understand why you turn around and punish Florida State today. It's, yeah, I know, right? It's, it just – that doesn't <laughs> add up for me.
1: The direction you're going, Florida State did something that might be deemed legal and they're in trouble. In
0: like two minutes it might be legal. So why uh, why would you – I just – I don't get it.
1: Board Chair Jere Moorhead said in a state well, not in a statement, a conversation with the athletic, quote, I can't say where the process is going to go or where it's going to end. On three had a report that said some were concerned about the NIL element in the proposal, particularly for schools outside what is still viewed as a Power Five conference. But most Power 5 schools are welcoming it. Quote, the train is headed in that direction. It's widely welcomed in Power 5. I'm somewhat optimistic. So we might miss out on a few guys in the portal because bags aren't being dropped at the rate that some want. But, Josh, it sounds at the very least like the NCAA realizes that this change needs to come and it needs to come quickly.
0: Yeah, get it done stacked
1: quick break we will get caught up we're at riverwind casino hey jim gaffigan is coming to the riverwind that's on march 23rd you can find tickets and information online right now at RiverwindCasino.com. it's plank show all right welcome back into the plank show this is the home of sooner fans the ref we're at riverwind casino hanging out on a friday uh did you have any weather issues this morning i i thought we were gonna have a little bit of snow maybe i know the girls were up early because they thought they weren't gonna have school I even kind of found myself every so often waiting for the text message, but if they would have canceled school just because it's cold, I may have lost my ever-loving mind.
0: That's not how we did it back in Wood River. Let me tell you something, buddy. I drove to school.
1: We lived on a hill. I slid down that hill whenever it came to making sure that, well, I guess, uh, I guess it was, was it? My sister that would be with me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My sister, my stepsister. We'd slide down that hill in that four, uh, Chevy S10 with the speakers booming, even though it was snow-packed to get to school Let's to get go. learned up so I could sit here and talk radio with you guys. But I, I did. I just wanted to share real quick because we got a little behind talking NIL, bottom of the hour. We'll catch up here. Dr. Kevin Clazel sent us an update uh, last night. And uh, tomorrow – Daytime temperatures will reach the 20s with gusty winds and wind chills near zero. By Sunday morning, temperatures will drop into single digits with wind chills near 20 below. These are considered dangerous wind chills. And there's extreme temperatures both Monday and Tuesday with a chance of some additional light uh, snow during the day on Monday. So... Bundle up, take care of your pets, your plants, drip those faucets, stay warm, which is what we're doing here at Riverwind on a Friday with Plank Show. Portal update next.